One of the best parts about being a journalist is the people that you can get to go and meet and the places that you can go and see and the 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 the, the really maybe nerdy but really cool places that you get to visit. I'm Miriam Sears and I'm taking you into the newsroom. So I've asked Deanne to join us today to chat about one of her recent trips or press junkets as a journalist that she's been on. And secretly, I wanted to pick her brains all about it because I'm quite jealous. I wish that I, I had gone on this particular trip. And I think that, um, that, that you'll all find it really interesting to hear all about how it went. So Deanne, you've recently been to Russia. Why don't you tell us all about where, where have you been and what, what were you doing? So I flew to Moscow to attend a conference on the Nord Stream 2 um, pipeline, which is a pipeline that's going to go from uh, Reborg in Russia to Germany. Um, and that's the twin pipeline mm-hmm. of Nord Stream. And after the conference, the next day, we woke up at uh, four to go to the Yamal Peninsula, which is in the Arctic Circle, uh, where the source gas field is located. Mm-hmm. And this is... I mean, it's it's really cool because you were like in Siberia and it was the middle of nowhere in Russia, which is such a big country anyway, that people don't normally get to go. Like tourists don't certainly don't really go to these types of places. So uh, that in itself is really cool. But but also Nord Stream 2 has been uh, a really controversial topic this year because uh, there's been big debates over... Um, whether other parties as well as Gazprom um, are going to be allowed to have access to capacity on this pipeline, uh, so third-party access. And, I mean, there's all sorts of press from the US threatening uh, sanctions and uh, putting pressure on countries to distance themselves from this particular pipeline. and there's a lot of attention on it from the gas markets because it will it will mean that uh, gas transit from Russia to Europe will finally be able to avoid using Ukraine as a transit country after its transit contracts uh, expire um, at the end of this year, if Nord Stream 2 goes ahead and, and is all on time as planned. Um, so you've been writing about this anyway. So what was it like to actually be able to go um, and and see it all in action? It was really interesting because I saw the technical uh, point of view. Mm. I went into the the rooms where, the giant rooms where you have all the machines working, where you purify the gas, where you, I mean, you have several rooms to purify it. You have coarse purification, then you have fine purification. It's very impressive. It's Impressive because you imagine that uh, a few years ago you had absolutely nothing there. It's a white desert with mm. not even trees around. Wow. And you have all this infrastructure now and you imagine the work that, like, that's been put in that to mm-hmm. bring all this metal uh, in that just very remote and hostile place. Yeah, 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 really cool. Um, so do you want to just sort of talk us through, you mentioned a little bit at the beginning um, about uh, the, the kind of summary of the structure of the trip, but do you want to talk us through bit by bit, you flew into Moscow, what was the conference about? And then um, what, what, uh, how was the, stri- the trip structured when you actually went to uh, 
this place in Siberia in the middle of nowhere? So the first day we had uh, presentations about Nord Stream 2, uh, the gas field, mm. uh, when it's been discovered, how it's been developed, when it's been developed. This uh, is all by Gazprom, isn't it? They're, they're the hosts? Uh, no, we well, had actually a presentation by one of the investors, the European investors, so OMV. Okay. Uh, so one of their representatives came to make a presentation about uh, the pipeline, uh, how it fits within the, the wider European uh, supply. Mm. Uh, we had a presentation on the gas field by the Russians, obviously the Gazprom. Um, and we had presentation about um, the the... European um, demand and how it's going to increase. And actually, that's inter- that is interesting because uh, at that time, uh, when they presented the, the demand uh, in the European uh, market, mm. uh, both uh, European investors and Gazprom agreed that uh, even though the, if even if they have Nord Stream two working at full capacity and Turk Stream, uh, which is which one of the two um, pipes will go to Europe, Mm -hmm. because one of them goes to Turkey, but the other one will go to Europe. Um, They agree that because the European demand is set to increase, and at the same time the European uh, domestic production is set to decline, Mm they will still need some transit through Ukraine. Right, okay, that's interesting. So certainly it's going to be smaller because you'll have Nord Stream 2 and Turk Stream, mm-hmm. but they, are, they, they agree that they will still need some transit going through Ukraine, and that's why Gazprom said we, we want to uh, renegotiate contracts with them. Okay, great. And so uh, presumably, was there a dinner or anything at the end yes, of that yes. event? Yes, so. uh, we had a dinner, and I was sat at the table of uh, Nord Stream 2's developer, um, spokesperson, okay. uh, Jens Müller, mm-hmm. which I am always in touch with to, for my article, so that was really nice to put a, a face on, yes. on a name. Yes. Um, and I was sat with uh, Finnish TV reporters uh, and the representative of Uniper and Winterschall. Great. The managing yeah. directors. All sorts of different people involved. Yes. So it's not just, it wasn't just press at this, uh, this, this event and this trip to no, there were all sorts of di- different people. We mm. had, as I said, uh, reporters from different countries, yeah. uh, mostly Finland and Germany. I was impressed like there were so many Germans and Finnish people. <laughs> uh, we had uh, local TV reporters. We had um, a lot of Nord Stream 2 uh, people from the mm. different countries because you have Nord Stream 2's developers called Nord Stream 2 AG. They have offices in different, in all the countries that are... Um, involved in the pipeline. So Mm. you have Sweden, uh, Finland, um, Denmark, Germany, and Russia. Mm -hmm. And then early the next morning, you had to wake up for a very early flight, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was very early, but uh, it was well organized. I was really happy about it. We didn't have to mess around or anything. We got straight in the airport, then we got the plane. Uh, It was very impressive to, when you start to see, you enter the Arctic Circle, because you literally see the difference between no snow, trees, a lot of green spaces, and then suddenly snow, nothing else. Wow, yeah, 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 fascinating. And um, when you when you landed, was it basically just a kind of tour of the, the site and then everyone got back on a 
plane again or how, uh, what happened next? We got uh, in and then we got uh, other presentations, more technical, uh, from the managing director of the field and other um, staff. Mm. They presented us the history of uh, the, the field, um, everything, every kind of uh, machines that we would uh, see, uh, how we would do the circuit, because we were seven teams in seven trucks, because obviously there you have trucks, you don't have you don't have cars right. uh, so we were all put then uh, into different trucks and um, each truck had a circuit so you have three units in the field mm-hmm. um, some kind of three mini fields within one field mm-hmm. and everyone was visiting each um, a unit a different unit so that we wouldn't visit all at the same time the same place right and presumably the people who work at the field they're, they're, they're working there and that's where they, they live or, and, and there's not much around. So did you get a sense of what it must be like for someone who lives and works there? Yeah, yeah. after we visited uh, each steps of the gas production, so extraction, uh, production, uh, then you send it to to Germany. After that, we got the tour of the residence uh, of the people, which was very interesting. Uh, So I just just find it like a mini town. They have a fireman station, a hospital, a library, uh, a gym. uh, And everything is uh, linked. It's all small uh, buildings, two two floors maximum, so Mm -hmm. ground floor and first floor. Um, I guess because of the wind, you can't really build very high. Yeah. But uh, they're all linked be- uh, between each other with galleries. And the galleries are all covered and they all have three or four uh, glazed in the windows. Oh, the window glazing was... Yes. Wow. <laughs> I just was I've shocked. I've never heard of double glazing before. <laughs> yeah, it was really impressive. So that they don't have to get outside whenever yeah. they need to go from one place to another. So everything mm-hmm. is linked like a... It's not tunnels, but it's outdoor tunnels, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. When I was in Malaysia, they had air-conditioned tunnels uh, that you can kind of walk around the streets in. So I guess this is the same, but completely the dif- a different extreme. Yeah. Um, and uh, w- tell me a bit about the types of people that you were meeting and having conversations with. Were there any really interesting uh, yeah. conversations or people that, that you were able to speak to? Yeah, it was very interesting because um, I felt more free to go and talk to people because we only had uh, badges showing the company we work for, but not our position. So I had no idea who I was really talking to if it was, mm. I don't know, the technical engineer uh, of the, I mean, I could see it was uh, Gazprom or Wintershall mm-hmm. or something else, but I had no idea how high the person was in, in the company. So I didn't feel impressed or anything and I could just go and have a normal chat with everyone. Yes. I mean, you mentioned to me that you ended up talking to the CEO of some yeah. company and you were like, oh, uh, wow, I would yeah. have uh, approached that conversation differently if I had known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what was something about this trip that you think you'll remember forever or that's really stuck with you? Um, I think I was really shocked by the, the, the windows they have. I just I went during the spring and they told us we have an early spring. It's just minus eight today. I mean, for me, it was normal because I've lived in Moscow and I had much worse than that. I can just imagine just looking at the windows, how bad it is yes. in, the, in the winter. Um, but uh, I also got to see some um, local uh, animals. I got to see an Arctic fox, mm-hmm. which you only see in documentaries. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, the whole panorama there is really impressive. And I think I'll, 
I've never expected it to be like that. Even in documentaries, it's very different when you see it yourself. Isn't it just white and snowy? <laughs> it's, it, well, we didn't have snow falling that day, but it was snow everywhere. Yeah. There was supposed to be the sea somewhere, but it was just covered, so you couldn't see the difference between the sky and, and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, and... <laughs> it's not all fun and games um, and, and, and you do have to work hard as well. Yeah. What's, what, what would you say is the result of this trip? What's, what's something that you, uh, is going to benefit you in your journalism and your coverage of EU gas policy um, that's, that you're going to be able to take away from, from this trip that you've had? Um, well, first of all, to see for myself uh, how how impressive everything is, how it works, because we went step by step in the process. So from where they, they drill mm. um, and how long they drill for, how they purify the gas, how they, they, they send it and all that. So that was very interesting to really understand the whole cycle, mm. uh, but also the opportunity to talk to people who have much more expertise than me. Mm-hmm. So their experience uh, how they some of them told me that they visited uh, offshore drilling platforms and how it works Mm. so all these exchanges are very beneficial for me and I guess the contacts that you make on this trip will you you'll be able to keep in touch with them in the future so that you can ask them for any insight in stories that you write as well and also I know for a fact that you've come back brimming with different ideas of, of, of stories that you can write as a result of this trip um, and just an increased understanding of how it all works. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, I've got many, many uh, ideas from that, from that trip. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we'll finish there. But if you want to keep an eye out for the coverage that Diane is going to be writing up as a result of uh, this trip and and future stories that she'll be writing over the progress of Nord Stream 2, uh, then make sure you are reading up uh, via isis.com. And if you want to stay tuned for the next episode or, or listen to other episodes of our Into the Newsroom series, this podcast is on iTunes and Spotify. So go and click and listen and subscribe and like us and you'll be getting notifications straight to your phone Um, and do get in touch and let us know let me know if there's anything that you would like to be hearing about for future episodes as well thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next time (laughs) 